Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Blaine and Mickey. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. More ways to win. With Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan on 104.5 The Zone. Let's do this on a Monday, July 3rd. Blaine and Mickey. Blaine is here. Mickey is here. Lucas is, I don't know, somewhere on like a sailboat in the oh, Mediterranean. Oh, well-deserved, uh, you know, break. Well-deserved break. I know his food going to be around all over the place because he's a foodie. <laughs> And so if he's in the middle of a, you know, a ship tour going around to all the different uh, islands and everything else, boy, a fool will be heavily involved. I can 100% picture Lucas touring islands right now. Yeah. That makes yeah. perfect sense for he's him. He's worldly. That's he is sure. very worldly. Um, ding dong of the week coming up, uh, an hour number one, and John Glennon. Hour number two, we'll talk a whole lot of Preds with him. Preds wanted to get younger, so they signed three 32-plus-year-old guys in free agency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I was a little stunned by the man. I mean, they're still good players, but then he sort of signed them to four- and three-year contract. I'm like, hmm, when this thing gets turned around, will they be around? That's my first question to JG, for sure. <laughs> Bringing that up on, on the, on I'll the just, age. I'll just, when we introduce We're him. We're playing solid right now, but 32 3. So, uh, Trotsy like got that. asked about it, and there was a quote you know, you can't just have all young guys, you got to have other guys. All I could think yeah, about leadership, was this. no doubt. Experience. We start going through the. Matt Duchesne thing, and you said, well, I mean, this, this is one thing. This is this is a man changing the culture. It's changed the culture. Wow. Man, I mean, man. that's you were. I mean, you've been in a lot of professional locker rooms. He was absolutely changing the culture. Yeah. Because he said, I, I got old guys. I don't like the culture. I'll trade Johansson. I'll retain half the salary. I'll just pay Duchesne to leave. Yeah. Then I'll bring in some other 30 something guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it, now, sometimes it's about is a veteran player ready to be, let's say, through the transition? Or is it better off to let him go somewhere else? Hopefully, yeah. be a trade. You know, paying half the salary. I don't think that was on the docket until they had to, because they said this is we want it. We don't want him beer because he might not have been happy with his role. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with that being said, you know you had to had to let him go. Whether you like how you went about it, as far as uh, paying half the salary or not, uh, I'm sure they're. You know, not happy about it, but they'll never say. And he was, you know, he was a good citizen here uh, as far as a player. And everything else, but it didn't work out, and it's time to time to make a change and turn the page. And that's what happens in, in sports. Uh, as much as we as fans love all the players, uh, especially guys who are really good players and name players, been here for a long time, Johansson and everything else. I'm sure, it was just as tough for the organization to make those changes as well. But at the end of the day, they did what they thought was best. If you want to make a change, and who the guys can be leaders, and what guys they didn't want to be leaders, so. As far as in the transition phase. And that's always tough because, you know, keeping guys that you know is always seems like the easier route. Uh, but Trotsy wants to start from the beginning. So basically, also, he's clearing out space that, you know, where we're, you know, that we're poor people that brought in here. So let's start from scratch. So got to applaud him for that. And as I said, Barry's been, uh, you know, upfront and honest really throughout this whole process, mm-hmm. really, man, which is 
awesome, you know, from a fan perspective and knowing what to expect. And I think he still feel like they're going to be, you know, competitive. So we shall see how this all works out. They're probably not done making moves, by the way. You just never know. Well, I would imagine it's like football free agency. Everybody gets excited about the first couple of days, but then there's still plenty of other people to get signed and become parts of teams and other things that happen. So, uh, absolutely, we could see more action uh, besides the big splash of the first three guys uh, that were signed, Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shin, and Gustav Nyquist, uh, the guys who signed over the weekend with the Preds, as Blaine did point out, to, to multiple uh, year deals. O'Reilly gets a four-year, eighteen million dollar deal. Shin a three-year, eight point two five, and Nyquist a two-year, six point three seven million dollar deal. This uh, the reporting of John Glennon, who will join us later from the post. It's interesting. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, everybody has their free agent list. They rank them like we went through some mm-hmm. of the NFL free agents that were still available that were unbelievable. Like that guy's still out there. Ryan O'Reilly was the number one guy on a bunch of free agent lists. Mm. The number one guy. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're Trotsy, like, okay, I, we've cleared up cap space. A little older. But the guy's won everything you can win, every award. Okay, well, I'll go get this guy. Have him work with my young guys. I like his work ethic, like his culture. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, you pointed out Trotz essentially like staying to his word, like everything he said he was going to do, he's done. Yeah, this is a kind of fascinating. So, you know, you, sometimes you may not have all the big names and all the weaponry, uh, and, and somehow, some way, your team ends up being better than expected uh, when you're going through those kind of transitions because the, the team knows as athletes that we got to play together and that's how we're going to be some teams. And, you know, you end up, you know, looking better than your actual talent, you know, tells you you are. So, you know, it's exciting kind of to see where this goes. From this point forward, um, so yeah. Um, other, yeah, big big news for the Titans, though. Yeah, Ooh, this weekend, oh my God, Hassan Haskins uh, charged with Good aggravated God. assault slash strangulation uh, after an argument with his girlfriend uh, was started by her. This is all per reports. Uh, started from her liking the photo of another man on Instagram. Uh-oh. Both Haskins and Micaiah Green, both of them were arrested early Thursday morning, released on bond later Thursday from the Davidson County Jail. This story actually broke over the weekend. Uh, it's on Haskins. So, mm. you know, I, I guess you use the word alleged now because they've been arrested mm. for this, but there's been no court date. There's been no, you know, anything like that. Uh, but, you know, this is a. Young guy, core special teamer for the team. Mm-hmm. Got some backup running back. Yeah. Backup running back who would have, I would imagine, figured in. And, and, and if this has worked out in some way, I guess that's satisfactory to everybody who would figure uh, in prominently on the team. But typically, if you're closer to an end of the roster guy and things like this happen, um, your tenure with the team can end much easier, it seems like, than when a superstar might get into some kind of trouble. Yeah, well, that always is. Uh... You know, always an interesting dynamic there, and uh, uh, you know the you know the superstar guys or the star players uh, get a benefit of doubt. But in this situation, whether whatever happens here, he's definitely uh, you know his roster spot is not guaranteed. That is for sure. Uh, it shouldn't be if any of things of this nature are true to me. And he's a running back, Tajay. Uh, uh, Spears, I'm about to say sharp again. Jose Spears uh, has just shown really well, and they drafted him uh, in the third round. And uh, and they have uh, your guy, your your uh, 
you know, training camp crush. People must forget. And it was it's Julius another, Chestnut. Yeah, and then it was another. Uh, who was the other guy that was in camp? Ward. Who was the guy? They looked pretty good too. Uh, he yeah. was Ward. on the team for a couple games at the end of last year and is in camp again. Yeah. Yes, um, Jonathan Ward, I think was his. That name. sounds right. Yeah, played so. a little bit last year, but yeah, and what we got to see, it's like oh, I forgot about this guy. Yeah, he looked he looked all right. So uh, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see where where he goes as far as. How this plays out uh, in the public and what is true or, or not true. So unfortunate, but uh, definitely serious, serious allegations. Uh, nothing to the, the impact of uh, MPF, which is total opposite. And uh, but uh, still could put his uh, his starting position really in question uh, based off of whoever they put there. And he better hope that it'll be multiple people. That means it's not going so well. Uh, when I'm talking about once games start, preseason or regular season, uh, in his spot, and to see uh, if it'll be there when he comes back. Yeah, that, that's kind of one of my issues based off of the crime and uh, why they should let him practice. At least the coaches can see that he's staying in shape, mm-hmm. he's around, letting do all scout team stuff. You know, one thing you don't like in certain situations, I don't know the – you know, I'm not a commissioner and how you decide on when you can be around a facility and when you can't be around a facility and what, you know, the crime is. But I I feel like uh, this is one that maybe he should be able to be around and get to practice. You know, one thing you don't want to feel abandoned and that's what's going to happen here. And uh, for something that whether it was his fault or not or not getting communicated to him correctly, ultimately he's the final say so. And uh, so it's unfortunate, but man. Dang, he could, he could actually lose his starting job even when he comes back. I, I really believe it because I don't know what direction they're going to go. They could go with the young guy, Duncan, or uh, Jones, a veteran guy who didn't stay healthy at all last year. They could go with Brunskill moving out there, or they can use, uh, you know, the rookie, 11th pick, Skaronsky. You know, and if he gets over there, I would say that's a wrap. That's over. And as much as uh, I'd love to see him and Dylan on the same side, I think I'm leaning towards Skaronsky doing that and moving over there. I wrote that down in my notes. Yeah, because that was my call my shot yet last week. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of where I would go. Because six weeks, and and the only reason why is when you guys start laying out, Mickey, you did, laying out. (laughs) What what games they have? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Rhett, when he came on, that's why I say you guys. It kind of made me like, man, this is a critical time. These are must-win games when you play five of your first six against AFC opponents. Uh, besides the first game versus the Saints, which I hated the first games, regardless of who was against, because they always come out with these curveballs that they hadn't shown on film. Right. Most of it was right, but then there's always something. Twenty percent of the plays are a little bit different. You know, they're they're growing, adjusting, and making changes. Uh, so that first game is never reflective on how good you're going to be or not. Hence, Wisenhunt being able to only win a first game as a head coach. Oh, is that true? Oh, gosh, yes. They, oh. they were great in the first game every year. You give Wiz seven months to prepare, he's yeah. unstoppable. It usually takes about three weeks. And then usually that's when people get film on you, too. But three weeks really kind of to tell us who are going to be somewhat players. And it's not always right, but you can get pretty close. So, yeah, this is, this, man, this is a tough time for the Titans. So I... If it was me personally, I know they like to stay within uh, and probably don't want to move anybody because that's your natural instinct to try to keep the offensive line in kind of their spots. But if they move Skaronsi there, I think they're moving him there to to be the guy. Well, 
And they can always say, well, we can fill in. MPF comes back, we may make him the swing tackle or which they, I think they're really comfortable with the guys they have at guard, even mm-hmm. the backup guys because they're solid players. Then does he become that? Depending on who they put a guard on, if they did that, if they put a who, they put a guard on the left side with Dillard. And I, I don't know who that guy would be, but it could be Ruse. It could be a number of people. It could be Jones, you know, by the way, the veteran. Jamarco. Because yeah. he played a little bit of that. And I want to say he played a little more snaps there than a tackle with the Seahawks of this previous team, right? Two years ago or so. So he, he's played all up and down the line on, you know, both sides at guard and tackle. So I, I don't know. But I feel like that may could happen, unfortunately. Um, you mentioned those first six games that they will play without Nicholas Petit Frere. We looked this up last week, and it's still the same today. Uh, I don't know where ESPN gets their lines. I don't know which service, but most lines are are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. They're not favored. The Titans are not favored in any of those six games. None of them. They're underdogs in every one of the first six games. And that hence leads me to my ding dong. Of the week. Ooh, let's get to that next. Yes. Ding dong of the week on a July 3rd. All right, what's your ding dong of the week? 615-737-1045 as usual. There are a whole lot of candidates out there. You can hit us up on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. FNM Bank Chat wide open to hit us with a ding dong there. There are a bunch of candidates, including, boy, a ding dong candidate about this field in the Super Bowl and how awful it was and the NFL is blaming the players. What? <laughs> get to our ding dongs next. Let's see, something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Keeping their heads ringing on Monday, July 3rd, Blaine and Mickey. I'm for Ding Dong of the Week, presented by our friend Mark Spain. Go to markspain.com to get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. As we like to say, don't be a ding dong. Use Mark Spain. Um, Jonah Reel says in the FNM Bank Chat, NPF just demoted himself to swing tackle. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that may have happened. Uh, Tyler, Tyler in the FNM Bank Chat says, Ding Dong is Henry, is it Cejudo? He's recording a UCF fight breakdown video and started throwing slow motion punches to demonstrate his point. Then he goes, oh, I just hurt my shoulder after one of them. He hurt himself making a video. Oh. That's sad. <laughs> um, you guys. 
Plenty of Ding Dong of the Week candidates. Again, phone lines ringing 615-737-1045. Jackson can take your phone calls. Oh, yeah, he's busy in there. So Let's get we, CJ first. I wonder I if, is, is this CJ. Is this our is CJ? CJ? No, yeah, CJ or 2K. CJ 2K. What CJ is this? This is the CJ that works with you guys. Oh, oh we'd okay, much rather hear from we you than know. CJ2K. You would have said CJ2K. We would have been like, oh, okay, what's up, man? <laughs> we wouldn't know. I wish I could... T- I wish I could talk that fast, but I was not blessed with that ability. But um, So my ding-dong of the week is a guy on Twitter named at Blue Capone. And I'm gonna, before I go any further with this, this is a public service announcement that I was able to drop this morning. We need to respect our elders in all walks of life, uh-huh. but most especially in the world of hip-hop. Guys, I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, rapper named Rakim, right? Mm-hmm. An institution, an institution in the world of hip hop. Paid in full, no less. <laughs> Paid in full. I ain't no joke. Well, this guy, <laughs> well, this guy drops a quote on a tweet to a clip from his song "I Ain't No Joke" and says, "And I quote." A word that I can't say on radio, born before 1987, going to tell you that this is real rap and that it stinks. Um, so he decided to drop his own music as a way of saying, hey, if you want real rap, listen to my music. So I decided to humor him and go listen to his music. I kid you not, this is what it sounded like. So my ding dong of the week is at Blue Capone for thinking that he is a one, a rapper, and two, a good speller, because you don't spell lock with two C's. <laughs> okay, CJ. Oh, wow. He bringing heat. There's <laughs> a lot to unpack from that. That was CJ 3K. That was. <laughs> 3K words. Man. Uh, Houston. Up next, Houston. Houston, do you call from Houston, or is this Houston it's from it's Nashville? It's town <laughs> Actually, I'm in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan driving right now, but my name is Houston. So nice. Ah, cool. Uh, but my ding-dong of the week uh, goes to, I would say, the producer of the Fox Sports 1 show of Team J. Houston Zada. As they were wrapping their show up, uh, the co-host decides that he's going to eulogize his two men, and he starts to talk about how great they are. But the wrap-up music in the background, and I swear to God, dude, it was burn, baby, burn, <laughs> while he's eulogizing these two great men on the radio. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, no. And no, no one caught it? Bobby. And no one caught it. They oh. didn't turn it down. Matter of fact, halfway through it, he turns it up. Oh. Oh, he, he, Boy, he, they're he, at the he, big he disco inferno that. in the sky now. Oh. Houston, what's going on in upper Michigan? What's the temp up there right now? Yeah, man. Dude, it's actually pretty nice. It's 75, sunny, and we're driving by the lake right now on my right-hand side, so you got a good view. The water's blue, crystal blue. It's beautiful. Ooh, oh, tweet us. Yeah, you, you got to tweet us that at Blaine yeah, and Mickey. Yeah, we no got to see this, man. Yeah, you, you a Lions right, man, fan I'll... or Michigan Wolverines fan? Where, where you at on No, that? dude, come on, bro. I'm tightening up. I'm a huge fan, Blaine. Oh, He's okay. just All right, I'm just making sure, man. You could, That could be your second tier. You know, I'm not Titans at <laughs> number one, but... Absolutely not, bro. Titans all the way. Gotcha. Well, Houston, we want to see a picture, up. man. Tweet us one. Tighten up from Michigan, and uh, appreciate the phone call. 
Oh, he oh. getting close to the out of reception. He, he must have just drove right in the water. on time. <laughs> Siri took him in the water. Siri's been taking me some crazy places lately. All right, now speaking of blah 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 blah, blah, blah you got to like you know kind of losing your your breath with. Her. I don't know if this is qualifies as a ding dong because it was more of a celebration. But I was perplexed because I had never seen this before. You guys tell me, am I a ding dong just for thinking this? You can call in and tell me too. The USFL champion Birmingham Stallions yeah. celebrated at midfield yeah. with 40 ounces of beer. They was 40, you know, like you in college. So I don't know if that was like, they got, I mean, 40 ounces. I don't know if we should be doing 40 ounces of beer on the field. I just thought it was funny because I'd never seen it. I thought it was hilarious. I don't know if it's ding dongery, but I was like, whoa, they got 40s? Old E? High life? I'm like, mm, I don't know. But you got to celebrate with something, I guess. So. They delivered the trophy. They, it was in Canton. Yeah. They walked the trophy into a display and put it on a display in the Hall of Fame. Alex Magoo, the quarterback of the Saints, was still holding a giant metal can of something, uh-huh. walking through the Hall of Fame with it. Yeah, so, yeah, you can call in and tell me if I'm a ding-dong on the 40s for celebration, but... Yeah. Guess tough times, you know, desperate times. Gotta gotta do what you can. But congratulations on winning it, but man. Maybe you just like put them on ice in the locker room. Yeah, well, I mean, that's typically, you know, I mean, they have, I don't know, man. It was all up on the table. I, I, I'm assuming that that's all they uh, were afforded <laughs> that the people wanted to spend. They could have asked the players. They might have said that. I, I don't know. Well, Hubie says 40s at midfield. I like it. That's in the See, that's what I'm saying. Some people would like it. I just had never seen it. So I was like, dang, the 40s? Watch this. When I'm in college, when I did drink, that was like the one thing that I could afford at the time. I think they might have been like $5 or $2 or whatever. 40 of old English. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm thinking, man, they can do a little bit better than that. <laughs> Come on. I know this is USFL and I'm not asking for it. I mean, it's pretty low budget. They lost it. They lost so many millions. I still think they should combine with the XFL and be the USXFL. That's a great idea. 100%. They can combine their losses. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe you expand the teams and everything else. So we shall see. But, uh, you know, it was hard to come up with some ding-dongs. But uh, yeah, that that was one of them. My, my other one, I think, we were, I was alluding to is why I said we we saw the rankings of the Titans and man I, I'm I'm starting to doubt myself. Every ranking I see of the Titans has them like in the low or high twenties, I guess. Twenty eighth, I saw a rank from the uh, NFL uh, ESPN uh, from Climbing again, and uh, he had the Titans twenty eighth, and I, I was stunned. I don't know if it's based off of. And this is before these guys, maybe you know, before the suspension. So it's just like man, they just think the roster is that bad. And I, I, I'm, I feel like they're a middle of the road team. That don't put you at 28. And then with Vrabel's coaching, uh, I'm not buying him. And I, then Vegas says they're only going to win like five games. I'm like, man, is that or somewhere there about? Am I wrong on that? Seven and a half was the number that oh, came out. Yeah, seven. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I feel like they're better than that. So we shall see. So that, that's ding dong for me until, until I see otherwise. Even with this suspension, I think they're going to find a way to survive. But we shall see. The first six games going to give us a glimpse of what this team will be. And guarantee they will be ready. They, yeah, this is just a fuel to the fire of uh, having a couple guys probably not going to be around for sure one. So we shall see. 
Um, this story that came out this morning, it was in Joe Hunk's update as we were starting the show. Uh, pro football talk with the story. Uh, the NFL, it says, what was it secretly behind the scenes? Privately, the NFL blamed Super Bowl slipping on players wearing the wrong cleats. For anybody who watched the Super Bowl this year, you saw players slipping and sliding and falling around everywhere. There's a picture from the game of just like grounds crew out there picking up chunks of sod or like smashing things down. You can see that. Uh, the Eagles actually switched cleats during the game. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it helping too much. Um, but the guys were still sliding even after they changed cleats. That's all I'm going to say because it was slippery. And you could say that the players didn't have on the right cleats initially. And then all of a sudden you see all the guys changing their cleats and they are showing it. And I'm as, they were still, some guys were still slipping. Yeah. It was just, uh, you know, so I, I, I wasn't there. I can't say every single player changed their cleats, but they definitely understood. And in this, you know, pivotal game that just take it or leave it or, you know, one and done and it's over, you win a Super Bowl, I think no one's going to sit there and say, I'm going to wear these cleats that don't work. Yes. Uh, so you could say that initially, but then after the game got going, they've realized how bad it was going to be for them. They changed cleats. And that happens in some games. I just don't, I felt like people were still slipping. Even but it's the Super the third Bowl. Fourth, shouldn't fourth. the field be immaculate? I mean, every uh, if it's supposed to be the greatest game for everybody, shouldn't it also be the greatest game for the field crew? See, this is, oh, watch this. This is where the NFL made a boo-boo. Mm. Oh, am I about to tell you what I mean? They should have just left the conversation alone and shouldn't say anything publicly. Yep. At all. The game is over. It was one and done. And maybe somebody brought, don't bring more attention to it. Because and guess what? It it won't be a lot of players talking against it either. By the way, they understand who their employer is, and there may be some some guys who like, hey man, yeah, it, it was slippery. I don't give a crap. I mean, what, what are you gonna do to me? You know, yeah, you know, you know, somebody like Jalen Ramsey would say something like, yeah, yeah, but he wasn't in the game, right? Right. But a, a play, you know, a player like that who feels like, hey, there's nothing I can really do. So I. I just felt like that was a bad PR move. Just leave it alone and move forward. Nobody was even talking about it anymore. Yeah, see, this is where we just get to the point where let's let's don't talk about old news. Just leave it alone. Don't even respond to it. Just keep it moving. Yeah, because you're not going to win the conversation. At the end of the day, you lost. They lost. They won. It was slipping all over the place. The entire game. I was thoroughly disappointed. You can say players are at fault, but at some point... Players change cleats. Well, they, they don't s- want to look like a ding dong either. You remember the immediate aftermath? Didn't they say they'd watered it too much? They I overwatered. Remember. I think was the excuse they, they used. Say what they said? Yeah, overwatered it. It was some excuse. I just like, well, there's no supposed to be no excuse when you talk about the Super Bowl, man. Yeah, those, those trays of uh, grass that they pulled out there for the game. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but that was slippery as slippery can be. Well, they, maybe they did it intensely so they can make sure they have turf. <sighs> <laughs> See, They're always two, right. two or three steps ahead of us, Mickey. You got to know this. Never happens with turf. Don't have to water that, people. Yeah. See, there you have it. Although the coconut hull turf, which is a real thing, I think you do have to water that. Oh, dear. Or the coconuts dry out in the turf. So the dirt is made of coconut hulls oh, yeah. instead of uh, rubber tire bits, tennis balls. Uh, coconuts. That, well, and, and, and it's healthier. Right. That way, as your face gets smashed out, and you're like, oh, this is delicious. Coconut. Uh, We were eating another ding dong. So, my son and my wife and me are eating 
lunch after church yesterday, and I can't see this TV behind me, and my son's like, oh, the U.S. is playing soccer. Oh, they just scored. And so he eats like another chip or two. He goes, hey, they just scored again. So then we both, we all kind of take a bite. He goes, they, they just scored again. It was a replay of, I guess, the night before game. So uh-huh. they're playing in, what, the Gold Cup right now. I was counting on Lucas to have a full breakdown of the tournament. But they beat Trinidad and Tobago and St. Kitts and Nevis in back-to-back games, six to nothing. They'd never done that before. Oh. So my ding-dong isn't to the U.S. for beating up on these guys. Apparently, they traditionally always do well against those teams. And I, I tell you, I'd be hard-pressed on a map to point out <laughs> any of those teams. That's why I keep a globe right there in my office so I can go look. 100%. And then oh, I sometimes globes. I have a problem finding it Dude, I miss globes. I had to bring my, bring my wife over there. You know, we got to spin it around there. Yeah, like, where is it? I don't see it. <laughs> so they beat them six enough. They'd never done that. Also, Jesus Ferreira is the first American U.S. men's team member. He scored a hat trick in both games. So he came into the game. He had just scored a hat trick in the the game before. I mean, I understand how sports work. Hey, man, we got to stop that guy. Make somebody else beat us. This dude goes and gets another hat trick. That had never happened either. No U.S. men's team member had ever gotten a hat trick in back-to-back games. So, ding dong of the week to Trinidad and Tobago and St. Kitts and Nevis. Look, man, you got to be more competitive than that. <laughs> you got to field a better team than that. I know it's always warm where those places are. It's always warm. You can practice year round. Yeah. I get it. We're a big, big nation. We supply a big, big, you know, supply of players to teams. But you can't, you can't put up no fight, six to nothing in two consecutive games, and the same guy gets a hat trick in both games. Dang. So it's an international soccer ding dong. Wow, or at you least it. On the other side. Continental ding-dong for those guys. Uh, Kyle in Springfield has a ding-dong up next on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Kyle, what you got? What's going on, boys? Ding-dong of the week goes to my own body. (laughs) I have been trying to watch Ricky Fowler win anything for about the past two years. Well, the one time the man wins, I'm too high in the hospital because I had to get appendicitis yesterday. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was mad. I see. I woke up this morning, finally, you know, finally off the pain meds, and I look over at my phone. ESPN says Ricky Fowler finally. Died. I was mad. <laughs> that myself. Well, uh, how are you doing though? After yeah, you sound like you're doing all right. Yeah, you sound like uh, yeah, we're good. I'm doing all right. I can't. Sh- I can't really stretch out too much, but I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm annoyed because I'm not going to be able to work out for a month. Man, you lose all your muscle definition yeah. and a Ricky Fowler win. That's a that's a tough weekend. Uh, was, now make sure you get I your coconut in. So yeah, close to getting towards five hundred pounds on bench. Ooh, oh, I don't think I've ever accomplished that one. See, Blade Beaver benching. We maxed out today before the show, and I was at five oh one, and he was at five oh two. Hey, I'll catch up to y'all, boys, eventually. Y'all have a good one. <laughs> y'all right. get well soon, man. That's yeah, terrible. Yeah, I was, yeah, five, yeah, blame, please. What were you benching at, like, the height of your benchness as a mm. as the hitman? What did the hitman bench at, like, the height of his strength? I never did a, a one-rep deal. I think I did a 405, I think six times. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think that... You might as well just say you could have gotten 500 once. Uh, you get 405 six times. Yeah, and that's, I think that was my max. So yeah, mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I did. Yeah, that's Steve Watterson playing. And, mm. yeah, there wasn't nobody getting hurt. The GOAT. Yeah, he is the GOAT. How long uh, was he over there running the show? Oh, I don't know, 30 years at least. <laughs>
<laughs> Oilers. Yeah. Tennessee Oilers. He was there the entire time I was there. And so that was before I was there. And then after I left, (laughs) after they cut me. So he was there a long time. Yeah, Watterson's the GOAT, man. Yeah, he he definitely uh, catapulted. I was already strong, but he took it to the next level. Yeah, for sure. He had stuff figured out. It's kind of the way guys always talk. Like he had a way of unlocking things with you. Mm -hmm. You know, he just had a way of understanding how to get the most out of guys. Mm -hmm. That's what everybody talks about with him. Yeah, I thought it was crazy. I couldn't believe it, how strong I was getting. 405, six times. Yeah. That's moving it, man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What what were you weighing in those days? Mm. Mm, 210. 210. So literally twice your body weight. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty strong. I mean, you got to remember now, I did like 225, and I wasn't a rep guy at the combine like 25 times or something. I don't remember. what it was, Something like that. But I had to practice that because I wasn't used to doing all the reps. Mm-hmm. You had to train your body to do those reps, and that's something you really don't train to do until you have to do that test. So then when you're finished college, do you start training to do 225 more than just like, I mean, 10 times. I mean, I don't think I've ever done more than 10 or 12 reps just because... And you're probably trying to get a rhythm. Bang, up, bang, yeah. up. To make sure you're doing it right, yep. you know, so they don't say you're cheating on it or anything like that, so... Yeah. And you, know, you come to realize, because as a college player, you, you're all about the weight room and how strong you can get. But when you get into the league, it becomes more than that. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I say that is, I'm not trying to demean weightlifting. I got all strong. But when I got that grown man strong, it went to a whole nother stratosphere. It didn't even matter what I was lifting in the weight room. I'm grown man strong. Period. So I seen guys bench 225 four times, and that's the max they got, and went out there and knocked the block off people. And so I started saying, man, does this lift weight even matter? <laughs> I didn't even matter. I was like, that's all he can get? I was like, he said, got off that thing, racked up, and said, I'm grown man strong. All, all this weight don't mean nothing. And like, he proved it. And I was like, whoa. Maybe they have another skill guy I'm not talking about. Definitely need to, when you, you know, position kind of dictate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're in the trenches now, that's a whole nother ball game. But as a skill guy, yeah, he definitely wasn't, man, he brought it. Oh, there's always a couple of people at the combine who throw up like five reps on there. Yeah. But you just like a corner or yeah. something like that. I remember seeing a safety one time throw Did up it? like six or seven reps. And I'm like, oh. Come on, man. Yeah. I think it might have been a guy that I knew who was there. Yeah. Watch this. I think Samari only did like four. Samari's like, hey, I ain't here lifting weights, man. Oh, he was. And then I don't think he even ran because I think he fractured his foot. Oh, man. Yeah, so I don't think he he ran. But uh, he was the second round? Yeah, he was second round. He said he would have went first round if he would have worked out. Right. You know, he would (laughs) have. If, if it worked out. Yeah. It, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not. Hey, what, not. So what he was really trying to say is, y'all lucky to have me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Grace. Hey, man, I appreciate you, uh, you know, throw, throwing everything to be a second rounder so we could draft you. No doubt. Yeah. Number I, one I, I, cornerback I in Titans history. Uh, he second round bad, pick. He's a bad rap. He was a bad guy. Yeah, it really, theoretically, he was a first round talent. It oh, was, gosh, It was, yes. it was uh, clear as day on first day. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, Daryl Lewis. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we're gonna have to. <laughs> That's got to be a bad feeling, else. man. And it's horrible as a teammate. You're watching it and you go, "Oh, oh man, no!" It was just like the Keith Bullock deal. Yep. You're like, "What are they gonna do here?" Which one of y'all gonna lose some snaps to this guy? Yeah, 
And they parlayed that thing for a year, and they said, we can't hold this back no more. We need this guy. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't need him at the time, and we got him, but, man, he sure is really good. All right, Rick in Hendersonville is on the line. Rick, we got to take a break. It's a quick one. We'll come back. Rick wants to talk about Steve Watterson. We'll do that. Uh, you want to add a, a, a one last ding-dong? We can do that as well as we wrap up the first hour of the Blaine and Mickey show on July 3rd. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Blinded by the light Wrapped up like a douche Another runner in the night Blinded by the light Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Rick in Hendersonville, kind enough to hold through the break. He was not blinded by the break. Wants to talk about Watterson. Is that right, Henderson? Rick in Hendersonville? Thank you. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Yeah, I am so glad that uh, Blaine brought up Steve Watterson. Mm -hmm. Because he was a name that people knew that followed the Titans as much as they knew the names of the head coaches. Yeah. And uh, you'd hear stories about his uh, great sense of humor, mm-hmm. both things he would do to players and what players would do to him. Oh, yeah. And it seemed like he had the respect of every player that he coached. Now, my question to Blaine is, when Brable came in, there were comments about how he and Watterson had sat down and there were some differences of opinions. Hmm. And when, uh, you know, with Watterson's age and that, he never went to another team. He just basically said, well, we'll move on. And it's killed him ever since. Well, so, I, I don't know if Rabel admits to that, but uh, <laughs> us from an outside may say that, you know, that's happened based off of the injuries. Uh, but, you know, every time there's a change and you just never know there, Rick, uh, how it always works. Uh, and if you want to go with a change of God, it's kind of sees it your way, whether it's right or wrong. You want to go with a different phase of the way you want to go about your strength and conditioning to uh, on air, you know, talent to what have you. So uh, that he had that right. He had that power. And then ultimately, out of respect, uh, you know, he probably said, hey, well, when your contract's up, you know, we probably want to go in different directions. Both both guys. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, you know, I'm always going to view Watterson as the best. And uh, I'm sure you know they have great mutual respect for one another. But 
time has told us that uh, maybe that might not have been the best decision. But, you know, injuries are unpredictable. Uh, so we shall see. If it goes three years in a row, I think that's more than just uh, bad luck. Sorry. I, 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 I'm real close to saying two years. But if it goes three, no, nah, it, it's something that they are doing. Every player known to man is just not getting these injuries. It's probably why Vrabel, you know, called out some guys. Not me, it's them. Wonder how Roger Saffold, remember he'd been kind of beat up. Wonder how he did last year in Buffalo. He didn't miss a game. Oh, really? Oh, Man. by the way, he's a free agent. They may, they may have to sign him as a guard. Ooh. I doubt it. Oh, he's old. Get him after uh, the season starts. He didn't miss a game with the Bills. Never nothing about his neck. Or, you know, his uh, whatever the injury was. It was always a stinger, but I'm sure it was something deeper than that. Remember, AJ had always, he had missed some games too. How did how did he do last year? Oh, he, he didn't. Well, he just got that contract. So, man, he had blood. <laughs> he played. He, played <laughs> he didn't miss a game. Oh, man. Okay. So, I, you know, it could be circumstance, but, man, if this happens again in uh, three years in a row, I don't care what data you, you're doing. Some, uh, somewhere, you good leadership starts pointing a finger at themselves and say, what can we do better? Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> They're just... And uh, they should be secure enough to feel and understand. And I'm sure they did uh, at some point review what they were doing and made, made some adjustments. Every offseason, maybe you make some adjustments. So, you know, hopefully uh, they grow and learn from some of the things that they felt need to be addressed and keep it moving. Because I'm not there. I'm not doing the workout, so I have no idea what they're doing. Christian Fulton got the doing. heck out of Dodge. I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm. I got to play, man. This is my year. Speaking of that, somebody right here says Christian Fulton was the third best cornerback in Titans history. It says he is. Yep. Uh, yeah, in the FNM bank chat. That's a good question. Ooh, I don't know. Eric Reed in the FNM bank chat asked this because we're talking about Samari Roll. He's the unquestioned number one Titans cornerback. No question. Eric says, is Christian Fulton the number three? He said Alteron Verner only had one good season before he went to Tampa. Cortland is clearly number two. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring up Cortland. You know, I guess Cortland, since he made, what, a Pro Bowl, he's ahead of Jason McCourty. Trying to think who else. I mean, we got Denar Walker. We got guys that are really good players. Well, let's, but who's on that, that plane of who are the top five cornerbacks in Titans history? Wow, that, that'd be a tough one for me. I, I, don't, I don't know. You can start naming a whole bunch of them. Vernon had one good year. He's right. After that, I mean, as much as I respect him, but I, I don't feel like he's in the top, top five. Well, we got... Uh, Got our guy John Glennon who's going to join us well, at, at 220. We can ask him, but why don't we talk through this? And we'll ask you. What do you want to say? Top five cornerbacks? Yeah, because I, I know I'm forgetting somebody. In Titans history. So you got one is Samari. Number two, arguably Cortland. I uh-huh. think most people say, okay, I'll give you two. So who three, Who are three, four, and five? Let's get into that next. 615-737-1045. Hit us up in the FNM Bank Chat. We feel like we got one and two nailed down. Three, four, and five Titans cornerbacks. In history. Ooh, we'll discuss it next with you. I think McCordy. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford anything, wherever you listen.